gold! Nonsense. The golden god! And he dragged you two into this nonsense? I volunteered. Hit it. This is another presentation of the Universe of Greatest Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. John Andrew Miller, and this is my partner in crime, Charlie Reifenberger. And this is Golden Fucking Nonsense. Golden Fucking Nonsense. Today, we have a very esteemed guest, Mr. Justin Toyland of Dirty Streets. He is the front man. Very he is, he highly is, esteemed. He is the motherfucking uh, singer, esteemed. right? That he is, is correct. And he lead is, guitarist. You, you're out there. Uh, Only uh, guitarist. Laying down the riffs. There's not a ba- not a bass guitarist. They got a your- bass. Yeah, he kind of lays down some riffs. He yeah. lays down some pretty tasty yeah, I don't riffs. Know, dude, I don't I don't know anything about music, so I'm just <laughs> using fine. I'm just using words that I've heard other people say before. We've had we've had some <laughs> some other musicians on, and uh, we we've had dudes that are like doom metal artists and stuff, and they're and they're like, and John's like, what the fuck is doom metal? <laughs> yeah, please explain to me well, this genre. Well, of <laughs> that, that's that's not what Dirty Streets is. Dirty Streets is just. What what is Dirty Good old rock and roll. Yeah, I'd say it's a rock and roll, but I mean we yeah. started out as sort of a, a I'm a huge like blues rock R and B fan. Yeah. So those are three different um three different major like <laughs> genres. Yeah, it's it's got that yeah, old I'm, I I think they're all related. To me, it's like uh I'm I was originally really into blues when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, like if you get into that first, everything else is sort of that. Sure. You know, in a way. It's all connected to me, like I'll tell people like, "Oh, we're a blues rock mm-hmm. band," and then they hear the music and they're like, "This doesn't sound at all like that at all." But to me, <laughs> I, mean, I think shit, it's just I hear, stu- I hear stuff in in your music that's like you know Hendrixy kind of yeah, stuff. I mean, that's totally. you know that's psychedelic blues rock, but people call that classic rock too. Mm. You know, it's sort of under the same umbrella. Blues. But um, okay, so like blues is like um a, like sad American black music, right? That would be correct. Yes, and then um. <laughs> The rock is like the happier version of that that uh, was successfully co-opted by the whites, right? <laughs> yes, into, sure. Into, into rock and roll. Jimi Hendrix was black, so yeah, right, right. But I said successfully co-opted. <laughs> We're not saying that the blacks don't exist within it. <laughs> I think that uh, that rock and roll is basically the uh, the version of like white people fucking up uh, of blues music and R and B music. <laughs> That that's what I would be yeah. explaining it as, and then uh, after a while, or doing a poor impression in the beginning, yeah, and then it See, kind of became its own thing, right, right. You know See, what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. it's kind of it's almost very similar to jazz, right? Like jazz is, was was very much a black art form, and mm-hmm. then you got some really standout, you know, white artists, and then eventually everyone thinks of a jazz artist as an old white guy, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. what bebop was all about. I don't know. I'm I'm a jazz guy too, like. The, the whole bebop thing was all about, in uh, free jazz, was about making jazz that, like, white dudes couldn't do that to. Yeah. Right. Because I watched the uh, Thelonious Monk documentary. Yeah. They talk about that a lot. It's like the reason they made the bebop movement was basically like, do this shit. Because all the big band stuff was out and everybody was like, big band music was basically like super corny jazz mm-hmm. to, to the guys that were like deep in it. Yeah. And so they were like, let's make some stuff that's not, that's, you can't make corny. Right. And so that's what bebop and like free jazz was. Yeah. Oh, so like the, 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 like the impromptu, uh, I, I, don't, I can't even imitate it. It's like it. real off the wall experimental kind of. It's the stuff that people usually think of as jazz when they're yeah. like, oh, I can't listen to jazz. Yeah. It's my favorite kind of stuff. <laughs> right. But I've noticed that a lot of people are like, oh, I can't listen to jazz. I, I like, uh, 
I like electronic music that's kind of like that. Yeah. I like I like really fucked up weird like like completely lose the tempo and just bring it back. I like, just, yeah, I like you know, and funny enough, I like uh you know hip hop old like MF Doom is pretty much that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like offbeat, totally. weird. You yeah, know, references are off the wall. Yeah, so you're like your brain has to constantly be listening <laughs> to not miss anything, right? Yeah. And so each time you listen again, it's something new. Maybe yeah, it's like know? Jay Dilla that his sure. thing was the whole like mm-hmm. uh, off the snares, like slightly off. On right. Yeah, and, and you're and mm-hmm. so you're like constantly like like I think listening for the beat that you think is going to be there. Exactly. That's keeping you engaged, and you're like, yep. this is still pretty funky. You yes. know. I love yeah. that shit. That's it was I weird. I love that shit. That music math, I think. <laughs> I've right? been listening to Big Pun lately a lot. Big yeah, Punisher. Yeah, like Big I've been. Pun. I've been. Big Punisher's in the news recently for uh, for uh, what did he say? He uh, he got his name Joey Cracks. You know, have you have you seen this um, this hip hop? Um, uh, what's well, Young Thug got got convicted of the Rico, right? Him and, and his and, and, him, the, and the and the judge ruled that um, lyrics that, that his lyrics could be used as as evidence in the trial. Oh. Right, so, so so it's causing a, a stir. A lot okay. of so now like older rappers with a lot of with a, a vast catalog. Joey, uh, big pun, right? Or no, Fat Joe. I'm sorry. Yeah, Fat said, Joe. Fat Joe said that. Uh, oh yeah, I was not called Joey Cracks because of drug dealing, but because my I was so big that my butt crack was showing, and the girls called me Joey Cracks. <laughs> right, that that literally came out like a week ago. Yeah. And and uh uh, what's it called? Uh, French Montana, his coke, his coke music uh, series. He's like, oh no, coke doesn't mean cocaine. It means uh, conquering, overcoming. Uh, <laughs> some, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's, it's an some Gary Busey on it. Oh, yeah. dude, he, he did That's some the fucking Gary Busey thing. Everything is an, an acronym. acronym for something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Gary Busey was into that. But yeah, that's his whole thing. New, numerology too, I, I imagine. I don't know. He just I I I always hear him in interviews. He's like, truth. That means too real under you know whatever. That's some Wu Tang shit, bro. You, you remember like, <laughs> like everything was an acronym, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, wisdom, understanding, uh, Wu Tang. Uh, was it wisdom, understanding? Uh, See, Time. I'm really bad at these. I That's why I don't remember. I can't them. do them either. Yeah. Right. But, but uh, we literally were trying to do this the other, like, two weeks ago <laughs> we were, with Keely. We, and we just fucked it up. We could, yeah, yeah. We were, we were, we were citing, like, uh, we were making up, like, governmental agencies. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just, like, throwing out random bullshit collections yeah. of, of letters. letters. Yeah. Right, right. Sometimes I could guess them pretty well. But, I mean, if you're asking me for some, some wise sort of acronyms, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, all right. You know what the FDA is, right? What nah. about the CAA? Yeah, CAA. What That's about uh, what I don't, about the I don't know that one. What about the NSA? NSA. The F- oh, you know the I don't National even know Security NSA, Agency. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Right. Yeah, you know the F- Central you know, Intelligence you know Agency. You know FBI. You know yeah, uh, Federal FBI, Bureau of Investigation. You know ATF. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Alcohol, you know, tobacco and far- you know, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco. You know and BBC. Right. Big black cock. I was gonna say British <laughs> Broadcasting. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, NP, uh, you know NPR. You know, right? yeah, absolutely. What you is know, that? Uh, what is that? Uh, no, wait. Actually, I don't. it's Negro Penis regularly. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Not that's National it. Public Radio, Look, right? That's uh, <laughs> BBW. Uh, I think it means uh, big, big women, right? BBW. Big beautiful woman. Big beautiful woman. I thought it meant big big. I thought it was two. I think double I think big. Big woman. Real big. I think there's. I think there's triple B W B B B W, and that's big, big beautiful, beautiful black, black woman. woman. Yeah. Okay. Of course, people love people are uh, uh, chunky chasers. I'll tell you that. I don't know what's wrong with them, but everything's fucking acronyms, huh? Uh, <laughs> these, acronyms these days. 
What does, got, I don't know, man. Like what? What? Okay, let's go. Let's go back to Dirty Streets real quick. Sure. Because I'm interested in in this yeah. blues okay. rock. It's R&B. good shit. So, so I'm R- a fan. R and B like R Kelly. No, no, no. Like, see, this is the problem. Is like when I say that. That is R&B, like, post-1980 something, right? Right. But I'm always talking about, like, Ori- pre-1970 R&B. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's, you're talking about, like, uh, Earth, Wind & Fire and... No, like, even earlier than that. Like Who, who I, are some of the... When I was younger, I was, like, super dudes. into, like, Otis Redding. Okay. Okay. Stax, you know. Gotcha. I love Isaac Hayes. So it's, yeah. like, the first run of Yes, of R&B. exactly. Okay. Yeah. And that's what I... But when you first say this, R&B, people are like, yeah. oh, R&B, okay. Right. Yeah. So it's Smokey, like you said. So Smokey Robinson. They're like, Keith Sweat. I like Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat's great. Yeah, exactly. Smokey Robinson. Miguel. I love Miguel. Right, 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 right. Like, the people that made me want to sing were like you know Smokey Robinson Otis Redding yeah uh, uh, 55 I got okay what, uh, um, what number do you want yeah fuck yeah dude that, that's that's good shit um, I want to be number three I guess alright yeah I mean but at the same time like I was really aware that like in the 60s mm-hmm. all of these guys that were coming out like let's say you're Eric Clapton like sure. Cream mm-hmm even your Jimi Hendrix, yeah. right? Robin All Trower. those guys wanted to be those guys too. Yeah. But like rock and roll is the version you can do sometimes without sounding corny. Yeah. Because like as a dude who like, first off, I didn't even grow up in the States. I grew up, my parents were missionaries when I was a kid. So I grew oh, up like wow. in South America. Well, God I, bless you. That's crazy. And then I, grew, <laughs> I grew up in Thailand. <laughs> Thailand. Uh, and then South I moved America? here. So like, Damn. not only am I a white dude. Wait, they're trying to convert to Thai? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they they did at the time. Now my dad is, is, doesn't believe in any of that. Really? Yeah. That's a crazy, crazy rebrand right That's there. That's pretty crazy, yeah. Yeah, they, they were teachers, like international school teachers. So, yeah. And they're, they're still doing that, just not, they haven't done it in the religious version of okay. it for like 20 years. Oh, wow. Okay. But so imagine that guy already, like I'm barely American. Yeah. Right, right, right. Trying, then I'm hearing Otis Redding and being like, I want to be like this. Like, right. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> this is American music. But what if you had heard, heard Elvis first? Because Elvis is American music. Elvis, I mean, I Elvis guess, is like, uh, what, second wave American rock, right? Yeah. After he, Barry Gordy and all that original shit or no? I mean, I he's know. part of like the start of rock music, I guess. Yeah. He was, he was in there pretty early. Because yeah. he's 60s, right? I thought rock was like 40s and 50s. Or is that wrong? He was started in the forties. It was fifties. It was uh, like fifties. Because he's in black and white movies, so it's like he was a fifties guy. But here's the thing about him. So yeah. it's like the the whole controversy around that time is that I'm since I'm I'm kind of a blues guy. I was I'm really into that's the golden age of blues to me. Is like forties and fifties, right? Really, you know, and sixties is like the end of it. Well, that's that's probably the only time niggas could start singing freely if you think about it like that's when well that's when they started getting <laughs> recording contracts because the thing about it is before that it was just a live music a thing, thing that happened but no one's putting that on record wow uh and yeah, then that's pretty cool around the time of the like the the 20s 30s and 40s you had these guys that were like blues historians they were actually recording for the national library of congress okay and those are the guys that recorded the first blues artists hmm. on record because they were trying to document it. Oh, before these guys die, we need to get them on, on, on record. They were just like, this is an American cultural thing that's happening. Okay. Yeah. So, and they were also recording white spirituals from like the Appalachians. Right. They're like recording folk music. Right. And so all this stuff gets recorded, but it, it didn't start being marketed 
But then what happened was like as music, like as purchasable music. Yeah, because it's like the 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 advent of recording was like the early 1900s. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah. And then that started happening, and they're recording these guys. But I think that in the early days, it was kind of like you could get away with it more because you could market stuff, and people didn't know that it was a black person. That's the thing. You could yeah. put a, you could put a dude on the radio and just be like, "This is Jeffrey Johnson," right? And yeah. people were like, right. "Oh, that's." Huh. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then, oh, he's just fucking sad as fuck. Why is he so sad? He's my Why? favorite artist. Then you go to see him live and you're like, <laughs> like what, what the, the fuck? <laughs> His head explodes like Chappelle shows. Like, he's, like, just, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they said about Buddy Holly. That's the funniest thing about Buddy Holly to me. Because to me, Buddy Holly isn't the guy that I go, this dude sounds black. But when they, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but like when people first saw him, they were like, wait, he's white? They thought he was black. Like people thought Buddy, Buddy Holly, Holly was black. Really? Well, I yeah. mean, the, he's like the he's like the least black looking guy but in see the, the world. See the, that's the thing. Uh, he's like what's the uh, whitest what's, dude. What's old boy's name that uh, that black people think are, is black? Uh, what's his? Um, uh, if I had my phone, I could look it up. But Who, like, it, it's a, he's like a modern modern Robin Thicke or something. Not like, Robin Thicke. <laughs> I, I thought that, Robin Thicke was black before that. Before <laughs> I that, did. so like I, I mean, was shocked when I found his, out that was the. <laughs> The what the guy from America's Funniest Home Videos son uh, yeah. Billy Billy Caldwell, Billy yeah Billy I have heard Caldwell. that before. people okay. people think Billy Caldwell is a, is a Negro for some reason <laughs> but it's because he's just a soulful and I don't know if it's because he has trauma or or his just his vocal cords are in a specific yeah, I don't black know. length or something. I don't well, know. excuse do, me, I gotta be right back. Do you think uh, do you think soulfulness comes from uh, from having some sort of trauma in your life? I don't know, man. I think I think the thing about it is, you know, when it comes to that kind of music, like blues, R&B, early, like what I would call early black music, I mean, yeah. it was really just a cultural thing where they were coming from a culture where they were singing these things already and singing this way from Africa. I yeah. Mean, and then it came over and they continued to sing this way. Yeah. And it just kind of during morphed. slavery, and yeah. then it, it it morphed into like uh, the Americanized version of that. Yeah. So I I really just think it's cultural. There was more of like a a, a cultural freedom in the which the way the way that people played music. Yeah. And and just culturally too, like there were there were less. This was a time when, you know, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. I feel like people were at least the way I view it. It seems like people were still pretty. Uh, you know prudish in a way yeah you know, it, was, it was very like anglican Absolutely. american yeah. uh anglo-american like yeah. uh strict yeah puritanism. religious yeah puritanism exactly. yeah so i feel like the, uh you know because of the way that uh the culture was it's like the people weren't as restricted by these puritanical ideals you know mm -hmm. like dancing like yeah. the fact that there was a time well, dancing is sexual. Let's just put, let's just, let's just. <laughs> it is, unless you do it in that, a way right? of, there's the, I mean, I feel, I honestly feel like. And if you segregate it by sex, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are certain non sexual dances, which sure. are like the white people dances. You're doing like a waltz. Yeah, you're doing like yeah, one, that's, two, that's three, like, one, don't two, touch my three, body. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we only have touch like, hands. Have the, oh, the space between exactly. you, and you just keep right angles. <laughs> 
dude. Right can angles. You imagine, yeah. Can you imagine being like an old timey like British lord, and you're just bricked up, just and you're just ninety <laughs> degrees, like, ninety like, degrees. Like, your cock like, is never facing dick, here. Well, yeah, you're <laughs> just looking down, and you're like trying to focus, but you're just like, my dick is so close to her, her pussy right now. <laughs> oh my like, god, it's, it's, it's never been away. this close well, before. Well, first of all, well, first of all, you're never in like present company with a woman, so he's probably could smell her. He's like, oh my god, I can smell her. Yeah, exactly. God. Oh, Christ. He, he just break. He said, yeah. up." Just <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it but, but so good. I also do agree with you that, like, I I think because I I do think there is it's undeniably like there was a pain there that like nor, that people didn't experience being in slavery. It's like there's a yeah. pain that people experienced, and it made them emote themselves. To a full extent, yeah, Do you know what I mean. Like they yeah. were having full emotion in a way that, like, culturally in America, not allowed to. We did no. You weren't even allowed yeah. to exactly. So That's I feel true. like, and then what happened was that broke the seal on everything. Because once that goes on the radio, people are like, "Oh, do humans can do this." Do yeah, you know I mean? right, right. You hear and about then, this man singing about this river? Exactly, the old man river. <laughs> Who is this man singing about and this then, man on a river? And then the corny thing is because, like, then. Like some dude hears it and he's like, I want to be emotional who's never been that way yeah. before. And right. then he's like, I am sad too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. And then it's, yeah. of course, you get the corniness of like, yeah. It's, where, and then you get these dudes that are blowing up who are just doing, you know, the white version of black music and right. it's super corny. But because it's acceptable yeah. to just be white, they're like, this is better though, right? I was, uh, <laughs> it's got to be better. Like, <laughs> like I'm saying. you know, like, like I'm sober, so I, like, I don't, you know, do drugs or anything anymore. anymore. I used to. Yeah, let's be real. Um, he had a mean run. I, I had a mean run. <laughs> um, but I was listening to Ted Nugent, right? And Ted Nugent was like, Ted Nugent was like talking about, he's like, man, you know, I know a lot of people like, and, and Ted Nugent basically plays like psychedelic r- blues. Okay. That's kind of like what his genre is. See, I'm and he's so like, glad. man, see, you know, see. I never needed to take drugs to make my music, right? right. And I was listening to this shit and I was like, I was like, I think you're stealing from people who did take drugs to make their music. You know what I mean? Somebody's on drugs to, to get to the sound. <laughs> like, like, I feel that. Dude, he was in a band called the Amboy Dukes in the 60s, and their first big hit was a song called Journey to the Center of the Mind. Look at this. Good. <laughs> Journey dude, to the Center of the Mind. You yeah. are a fucking encyclopedia. You do this shit, bro. I mean, all I do <laughs> is I'm it, the thing that I'm like nerd about. Oh, I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm the same way about comedy. Yeah, you know, like yeah, me too. Up some random ass comedians. I, That's I'd cool. Know them, yeah, know. I would. I would know a ton of yeah, just random yeah, com- comics. Famous people. Just yeah. Why do I know that? I'd, I just do. I just yeah. yeah. It's that's the respect for whatever art form you're in is like. If you study where it comes from, now I'm not saying the thing about music or comedy or whatever. You don't have to do that. Yeah. No, you don't have to be. An there historian. are some people that are really good and well, don't do it. Of course, but, but I, I think, think it helps. It gives. Yeah. Like, I, I think it helps too. It's like the whole like. Um, fucking mike tyson interview where he's like oh yeah i know about all these random obscure boxers that you would never heard of but this guy had a, a really left a really mean left hook and yeah. this guy had a really mean footwork or and rocky marciano was super tough and so it's like him being a historian allows him to pull like influences from a lot of things because he's well read in that facet of his you know yeah you know because like yeah you could be um the best boxer of all time and not know shit about the history you're just the baddest motherfucker on the planet right that's true right it just it just so happened that Mike Tyson was also a fight nerd, so he's like, you know, you get, to, you get him talking about. Yeah, well, it, I th- I think you probably it, it lets you know like what's possible and like what you know. Oh what, yeah, uh, it's and, and, and what I combinations think, of tools. 
guys had and what, how it right. worked out. What was effective like, and yeah. yada, yada, yada. Because, I mean, that's all, that's all being good at your thing is, right? Because yeah. it's like, oh, you know what happened before. And you're aware of it, but you're not stealing or, but you're like, yeah. you know, like you're incorporating it. So <laughs> that's what people, a lot of comedians will say they, they don't want to listen to too much comedy because right. they don't want to accidentally steal a joke or like, like, like you can be influenced by people like, like, yes. like I used to, like, I, <laughs> I noticed I was, I was starting to get a little ranty with one of my bits. Like I was like, I was like, uh, I'm like, I'm just going to let go. I'm just going to like be ranting on this one. And I started realizing I was, I was speaking in a, a fucking Boston accent oh. i was like oh you fucking loser you're, bill <laughs> you're trying to be bill burr right you're now not only are you stealing his his whole you know his delivery and like his style like you're you're literally talking in a boston accent you are a loser right but um i mean it's very few, easy to do that yeah. with music yeah so like i get sure. that entirely and that's yeah. the thing is when i started playing music that was my main thing about this band, but every other band I've been is I purposely didn't learn people's riffs. I've never been that guy who learned people's stuff. Yeah, for that reason. Like if you get too deep into the, but are you trained in 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 guitaring or just like music in the in the sense that you don't have to be like you know I think most people copy when they're once they're new at something you copy. Yeah, your, that, the things that's you how like. I learned how to play guitar was I just learned. Song, one song after another song after another song and, and I just did it in the weirdest way like there was a guitar at my house because my dad played guitar yeah and then I would just sit there and just like pluck at it yeah pluck at it I was very young so it it allowed me to introduce myself into the world of music by like doing that and then I learned scales yeah okay. and then I just started creating things like immediately wow um, but one of the things that Kid's I kid's a damn prodigy right sounds like it I, I mean no I was I was like Literally just good, you know, I, it didn't sound good, but Until I learned when? enough to, I don't know. I mean, to what me age, it's like. What age did you pick it up? Is it five, ten? The first time I played guitar, started playing guitar, I was probably like six or seven. Okay. Six or seven. Okay. And how this old are you was now? It, and this was in I'm, what? I'm almost 40. I'm like 39 years old. 39? Yeah, yeah 36 years. And, and what, country, game, right? what country were you in when this was when I was living in on. South America. South America. But I didn't really start playing guitar, to be honest, until I was like 12. Like, to me, 12 was when I, I went That's still super hard early, on it. Yeah. That's still so early. But it was early enough to where, like, I didn't even like that much music yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I think for most people, they get into music, they're like, oh, I love Blink-182. And they're like, I yeah. want to be just like that guy and yeah. Yeah. pick up a guitar. For me, it was like, I just already was playing guitar and yeah. then I heard Hendrix. Right. Yeah. That was like, Hendrix was the first thing where I was like, oh, I want to play guitar all the time. Yeah. Right. But I was already kind of like tinkering. You know? Yeah, I remember. But even then, I'm stupid and I didn't, learn hendrix songs is you right I, first off you can't you can't do it when you're is, like yeah 12 is it, is it because you're unskilled enough or is it the, the or is just the, the fucking style is so abstract that it's not even fathomable to a 12 year old my thing that that about my personality and, and maybe you guys are like this too if i can't do something to make it sound just like the thing i don't want to do it so yeah. like i would try to play hendrix and people around my same age, they would be playing like Foxy Lady. Yeah. But it sounded it nothing sound like right. it. Yeah. And I was like, it's that doesn't like, sound like the song. It's kind of like a, like a comedian, like somebody going and doing a comedian's jokes. Like, it's just no, nobody can do it. Like, like, right. like Stevie yeah. Ray Vaughan is another guy who, like, everybody's trying to play like Stevie Ray Vaughan, but right. nobody really can. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it's like everybody's trying to get closer and closer to that, but nobody's actually doing calculus. Stevie Ray Vaughan. It's so impossible. even when Derivatives. I was young like that, I didn't want to be a poor imitation. Yeah. So therefore, I didn't. I just started out being like, I'm not really learning people's stuff. I would learn like, 
a piece of something if I thought yeah. it was cool. But I wasn't ever doing covers. And actually, that was really detrimental when I got younger because I felt uh, like a, a little older. I mean, like into my teens because I kind of felt like left out of the music community. Cause yeah, because everybody was like, hey, play uh, this. And I was like, like I, I don't, don't play. I don't do that. But I would just sit there and <laughs> bleep, bleep, bleep all day twiddle my fingers yeah. on the guitar. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, do you think that aided to your own? Because like it, if if Charlie likes your music, I would assume you're really good because he's really good. See, there you go. Because <laughs> his, <laughs> look, as as, as uh, he and he's I, he's really good. And you guys got a lot of music too. How many albums do you guys? Got? We got six albums. Six albums. That's very. So yeah. as a band, how long have you been together? I don't together? even think I've heard We've all the albums. We've been together. Uh, this line has been together since 2008. So that's like nice 16 years or something. that's strong good, bro. yeah dude yeah. that's that's the fucking tight team you that's know what very I'm yeah we're like brothers now hell yeah yeah man. and and look you don't look that old so the, that's the, good so the so the spirit of music is keeping you young white man right that's, that's what it is that's exactly what it is. like you might you might be one of those uh what's that guy's name uh, from aerosmith uh steven tyler you might be one of those guys bro. i mean shit the, fucking forever, the rolling stones you know are like that man the rolling stones are like they, uh, they're just doing drugs the whole time and they're just gonna just, live they're just, forever they're just pre- preserved i think in, that's what saved me is like i I've, i don't like i've smoked i smoke weed right yeah you know i'm being fully candid here uh-huh. there you go i smoke marijuana i uh <laughs> i drink very a, a little bit but like when we're on tour i don't even really drink it yeah i don't do any cocaine Good. no no coke Good. No coke. Good. Well, I've, you're, I've only you're, done you're on a different program than the Rolling Stones yes, were. Yes. Yeah. Like if you if you want if you want to uh, if you want to like preserve yourself in time, yeah. right, I think I think you got to do I cocaine. Think, I think like <laughs> I think cigarette smoke, cocaine, and yeah. and alcohol. I think, acts no, as I think alcohol. Force. I think alcohol is actually the one thing that is not. Like, I think I think it's the worst thing. Yeah, it's your liver embalming. just stops working. But you but you're embalmed from the inside, so time is freezing. <laughs> True. Right, God is playing a trick on you, and so now you're cursed. To forever it actually makes me really mad when because i've been in a band for so long touring yeah when i meet other guys that have done every they're like smoking meth yeah and they look younger than me that's what i, I get i get like there's it's a little the, bit inside it's the spirit of music bro that's what yeah. it is they just have a little more exactly. spirit of music than you. exactly they're just all in <laughs> yeah they so don't look, think about anything you're, else you're, because they're high you're 95 percent because you're the five percent is exactly. responsibility you have a I'm, little ram in the background I'm running the dogs out <laughs> Just got a you little know? protection, little little shield battery <laughs> exactly. going. Five percent is utilized for that. I'm grinding my coffee. Yes. I'm letting the dogs out. You have you 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 go. These outside. are things you don't do if you, you're you if pick you're up just the, fucked up all the time. Yeah. You pick up the poop. Yes, I pick up the, the poop. poop. Exactly. Right. And you enjoy a little bowl. Yes, because you're responsible. I do push up sometimes. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. Right. Because sometimes you're sometimes you gotta let the world know you're a fucking man still. Yeah. Exactly. You're yeah. not just an artistic fucking fairy. <laughs> That's right. Right. <laughs> you gotta be the warrior and the poet. Dude, I didn't I, say how many though. Look, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. You got to be the warrior in the garden. <laughs> not warrior the gar- in the garden. Not not. But not the all the guys in my band are like that. That our band is it's. We've all we're all like that. Like we we're pretty healthy. Yeah, that's good. That's but good. because we want a tour, and the other thing is like the show is the most important thing. Yeah. So I when you're on tour, it's like you don't want to be hungover. Yeah. I've learned it the hard way. I've done all that. Yeah, it's you've done that shit. It sucks, Justin. Yeah. I think I'm thinking now. I know Dirty Streets because uh, either the comedy that I did maybe a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, we were opening up for y'all or. That that we've definitely done shows with comedy shows, comedy shows here with comedy on it. Yes, yeah, I, I'm thinking about and it. out of town. We did one in Denver too, uh, yeah, cool. and in in Birmingham we did one. I told jokes in Denver, but it wasn't with the band. So. <laughs> Man, it, let me tell you something. We did one in Alabama, and it was for a festival called Secret Stages in Birmingham. Yeah, this was years ago, but it's just hilarious because like, you know, it was a comedy. Our stage was comedy, 
for like an hour and a half and then us. Yeah. And like the worst thing ever was like this dude gets on stage and he starts bombing really bad. It's oh, like a, God. a ton of people because yeah. people are coming in getting ready for the music. Yeah. Like we're oh, the wow. first band of the music portion. <laughs> do you remember, so also do you like the, the comedy name? fans are gone. Yeah. So think about that. Yeah. Like comedy fans are now gone and you're like, I'm the headliner. Is there any way you can remember who it was? No, dude. No. I, this guy probably doesn't do comedy. I think really? this night... Hopefully was the last. I mean, <laughs> hopefully not the last night. But look, oh, but he bombed that bad. Like, dude, he so was he gets on stage. Shit? Oh no! Well, the problem is like he did something that even as a musician I know you don't do. Tell me what he, he did. said. The n word. <laughs> no, no. He got on stage. He starts bombing, and it was like noticeable, you know. But he was working through it. He just keeps doing the jokes, you know. Yeah. He, the laughs aren't going, and then like he gets a boo, oh, no. and then he goes, "Well, you know what, man? Fuck you guys, man." You know, oh, no. you know. I mean, I mean, you can't, fucking, attack, you can't attack the crowd. Yeah, he he turns and he turns hard, Did and he, then they turn back, and then he goes in, like he's going in, <laughs> and he's. But my voice that I'm doing now, this is he's, man. He's, oh, he's, oh, bro- yeah. he's broken. He's and not- then he he stops mid joke on one joke and like drops the mic and walks off stage. Jeez, oh, bro. But the yeah. problem oh, is, oh my god. Then they're literally like. Okay, get on stage immediately and start playing. And it's like the the vibe was so bad. Oh, like, hey guys, we're dirty streets, you know. <laughs> Fucking everybody, hey, everybody was sad. Yeah. Because ha- the problem with that is that half the audience was sad, like me. Yeah, I felt so bad for the guy. Oh, yeah, and the other half is angry because like, this guy sucks. <laughs> He's fucking. Like, hey, two, what's up? Two emotions. We're here to play some music. Don't mix well. Right? I really I, hope you don't make us cry like you did. The and, last and I don't performer. remember his name now, but. I was also younger in my touring career, and I was yeah. trying to make it better. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Give it up for Nim Nim," you know, whatever his name <laughs> yeah. was. And that's not a great. <laughs> I should have just let it go right. because it made it worse. Because then, then on the way out of the door, he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you," you know what I mean? And to then you? Like, no, to the, <laughs> to to the, the audience. audience. Oh. Like he's still fighting on the way out the oh, door. Oh man, the guy's giving him his check. And he's just, like, you know, get out. the hell out of here. Yeah. Have you ever seen a? Have and you ever after seen, we played, they yeah. had another. Sorry, they had another guy come on, but he had been on Comedy Central and stuff. And so he did pretty well. Oh, uh, dude, he, he he, I actually learned things from him watching him. So like, show best things like how to re- yeah. Re- so like, reclaim he, he an audience. had them give. First off, he brought his own wireless mic. Yes. Yeah. And then he started. I'd seen him. I got off and I walk and I see this guy at the bar. He's standing at the bar and they hand him the wireless mic. And then he starts chanting like something as he's walking to the stage. He gets people chanting. They don't even know what's happening. And then he, he gets on stage and they're already chanting and cheering. What the hell? USA! USA! Yeah, no, he was, he was chanting something, you know. But he had a guy intro him Damn. from the side stage. No, I want to know who to, that was. Maybe and then he, he, he came chanting? through yeah. the, the crowd while they were chanting. And uh, it was, I've never seen anything like it. So, like, he got on stage strong. Wow. And then he just kicked ass. And, and I don't was, remember his name at all. This was outdoors. This is see. I'm the the the. You know, people who are music fans. They're like, I yeah. love that band. I don't remember their name. That's yeah. me. With yeah. This yeah, of course. Yeah, right. yeah. no, no, no that's, it's, it's I fair. sucks because I was just is. like, oh, that was great. Right. He yeah. did a good. Like he did a really good job. I really because you know sometimes uh, I I hate to say this about uh, my fellow comedians, right? Yeah. But sometimes uh, uh, on one side we lean into the talent, like the writing, the trying to be hilarious or shocking or whatever mm-hmm. yeah some people lean into the, the professionalism right how to be great on stage yes you know yeah. and the great ones do both yeah yes. really good right mm-hmm. that the problem with this guy is probably that he had amazing professionalism but if because if you can't even remember one joke or his name 
that that's probably. But that's it, just me. This is what I'm saying. Oh, is that right, right. I, I don't want to put it back on oh, him because it was it was Kevin Hart. That's who was. That was short black guy. It was Kevin Hart. He's in all the movies. It was 2011. No, right before he blew up. This is my problem. Is that like that's the kind of now I would be more. Conscious and and I remember his name and follow him on Instagram. Yeah. Anytime I see a comic now and I like him, yeah, I immediately follow them on Instagram. I mean, like for while sure. the set's going. Okay, yeah, that's I good. do that all the time. Like that. That's the thing is because I do, I do it too. I do the same. I thing. don't want to be as Enjoying a musician. It, yeah. it happens as a musician too. In fact, as a musician, it's like people won't remember your name. Yeah. Not only that, when we're on tour, uh, like one out of three shows, somebody goes, "How's Nashville? Nashville, huh?" And when we're on stage, I say we're dirty streets from, from Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, Tennessee. three I times. <laughs> I do it. I have it <laughs> in intro, the set. Intro, middle, end. Yep. Yeah, yes. I and, already know. and people go, man, so Nashville, that's crazy. <laughs> I, they, they think Memphis is Nashville. They think Tennessee is Nashville. But also they don't remember your name. Yeah. And we have like, our bass drum says our band name. <laughs> but people will be like, oh, you guys are, and they'll say the band that played before us or after us. Oh, it's damn. just like, you know. It's so people- I'm that version I used right. to be that version of a comedy fan where yeah. I'd be like, oh man, this guy's funny. <laughs> yeah. And then literally just forget, forget about, it entirely. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. three years later, I'm telling a joke, uh, telling you guys a story where well, I'm like, this, like, this guy came on stage. And he, 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 yeah. he blew my socks off, but I just have no idea who he is. And he was he, really good. And I remember they said he, he had been on some sort of show on Comedy Central. Yeah. He didn't have a special. It was like some kind of thing. Oh, that, but that's, also, that's, this was 2011. It, Comedy Central was still going. Yeah, Comedy Central was huge back and, then. On 11, what if it was a what if it was a what's old boy's he name? He had glasses, white right. or black? Black dude, black glasses, dude. skinny. Todd Glass. D.L. Ugly. You know is what? I could find Wait, was out. He a black guy? Actually, um, you guys are inspiring me because I found recently the whole lineup for the festival because it was a festival. Really. Okay. White guy or black guy? Find his name. Black dude. Glasses. Black dude. Glasses. glasses. That's oh, Hannibal Burris. Was it Hannibal Burris? No, dude, that would be awesome. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. I was uh, me and me and. But my, he was the only. He was one of the yeah. only dudes that wasn't from there. So like okay. all the openers were from yeah. Alabama area, I think, and he was. Uh, yeah. He was from somewhere else. Hannibal Burris one night just popped into a, a show that we were at in Atlanta. Me and my fiance at this uh, bar called Star Bar. Oh yeah! Oh, I've been there. We were just watching. We were just watching the the, the show at Starbar, and they were like, "Hannibal, Hannibal's coming." We were, we were like, "No, not were you, were not you, that Hannibal." Were you already performing? No, I wasn't on the show. Oh, I was just hanging out. Damn. Yeah. Have you ever performed in front of anyone that was like famous? I went on right after Tiffany Haddish one time. Whoa! It was crazy. That's tough. It was so crazy, and because uh, the room was just like on fire. And and I was like, and I just came out, and I, I had a skull? really good set. Yeah, at the Laughing Skull, I, I bet. I had yeah. a really good set. I just came out after, and I just started right off the bat. I was like, all right, guys, this is not going to be as fun as that. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and they thought that was funny. I was like, let's. Just, but I I just kind of rode the wave, and right. I had one of the best sets I've ever had in my, in my whole fucking amazing. life. And you was probably yeah. dialed in because with the energy too. Oh, I mean, yeah. if, if the crowd's into it and you're Bro. into it. It's fucking easy. <laughs> she wasn't supposed to be on the show. She just dropped in. Yeah. And so I went back like thinking I was next on the show and I look on the on the on the uh TV and I was like I was like is that who I fucking think it is cuz right. cuz in the in the green room they have a TV where you can see the the, the stage. Oh gotcha. Um, so I I just came straight into the green room. I didn't see who was out there and I so I get get back to the green room. I look on the TV it's fucking Tiffany Haddish. I'm just like Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck up don't fuck up that's wild that's 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 my biggest thing look for me i've um i was at an open mic right yeah <laughs> and when i tell you 
Richard, the homie Richard, he knows Hannibal Burrs, right? Yeah. And this this is a three part story, okay? okay? I'm in the room at the open mic, waiting my turn patiently, right? Then the whole room em- empties. I'm minding my business. I'm on my phone trying to get laid, right? Of course. Texting, texting a young lady. Typical. Classic. Right? Uh, I don't even I don't even follow the herd outside. All my comic homies are going outside. Well, Hannibal is in the parking lot. Con- considering coming up and going on, right? Well, he does. Wow. And guess who gets bumped? <laughs> John Miller. <laughs> right? So I'm watching this and I'm hating on it. I was like, damn, this is really good. Damn. Because I really love his comedy. I yeah, ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. But I was like, I wish. And then the moment he gets off, he goes, good night. See y'all later. Because his family's from Mississippi, right? You can drive back to Mississippi. Uh, I was like, can I get on stage now? Talk to the host. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can get on stage now. Perfect. I get on stage and everybody leaves to go outside to go talk to him. Oh, just yeah. going. Oh, you want to get a picture? All right, goodbye. Right. And so they're all in the parking uh. lot. I'm like, literally, it's me. The host went outside. He's like, all right, bye. I'm going to go talk to him. <laughs> and so I'm just talking to nobody. You should have like, done like, it in the parking lot. I couldn't. Just gone outside. I couldn't. It's impossible. I just screamed. <laughs> hey. And so he didn't see me. Okay. And then a couple years later, my aforementioned friend Richard, right, yeah. gets invited to Isola Fest, which is. Hannibal's family is from this place called Isola, Mississippi, right? It's okay. like a one street light town, right? Damn. Like his family owns everything. Like one cousin owns the barbecue shop. One cousin owns the strip club. One cousin is a manager at the bank, right? It's everybody yeah. is there, right? So he's like, that's a perfect place to have my festival, Isola Fest. Richard's performing. I'm hanging out, right? I'm talking to some of the uh, the, the 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 tech stagehand people, right? Mm-hmm. Outside at the, and this is one of these fucking New York, uh, I hate to say liberal, but it, so wait, this was in Isola. Yes, yeah, and it wrote, was, and it was crowded. It was a, it was a few people there for the festival. It was, a, it was two nights for the festival, right? Mm-hmm. So original on the first night, some some okay. the second night. We did a Friday night, and this uh, this chick is like arguing with this black man, right, about why he has a gun. I mean, he's like, <laughs> this is his business in his town. Yeah, he can have a gun on his hip. This is Mississippi, like yeah. This is the, the what. He, Guns the, are allowed here. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, and, I was just, and he's just like, you're slowing up the line. She's asking for like vegan options. He's like, ma'am, this is barbecue, okay? <laughs> we got pig, we got fried fish over we there. Got, we got meat and guns. Right. We got. We got. <laughs> that's what we got here. We got cornbread. You want cornbread? <laughs> we got cornbread. <laughs> that's vegan. But, but that's, that's butter in there. That's oh, butter. You know, that's so, true. So, <laughs> so she's like, okay, fine. I just need. And she was actually pissy and, and ordering for somebody else she's ordering for hannibal i didn't know this right uh, so she's guessed the catfish or whatever pays and was mad they had no food options for her right and i get up to talk to the, the old man he's like yeah man them cra- crazy girls from up north crazy ain't it they do talking to me crazy i don't see this i don't see this big gun on my hip I, boy <laughs> <laughs> and so i'm like all right let me get my little uh, five dollar uh, uh uh bratwurst i didn't have a lot of money so i just yeah. buy a little hot dog right I give the man the money, talk to him for about five minutes, leave, go inside, and, and who's eating the same plate that that she just ordered is, is Hannibal, right? So he's just talking. He's like, yeah, so, yeah, you're Rich's friend. Yeah, how you doing? I was just, and we're just both eating together, and he goes, oh, nice. oh man, got to go, kid. <laughs> and he just wipes his mouth, throws the shit away, and then runs in to keep on running the festival. Wow. And I was like, oh, I had fucking five-minute That's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. With him, but it's not like. I didn't perform. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Is like <laughs> I honestly feel like, in a way, the dream is to perform whatever you're doing in front of the yeah. people that you respect. Yeah. But I will say from having that experience, sometimes 
it doesn't go as you would hope. It you can't yeah, bomb. yeah, you can't bomb. It's no. well, the, yeah. It's like it's kind of two Sometimes things. Sometimes right? you like, do your best, and it's yeah. still not good enough. It's the thing is, is like uh, the on the level of like professionals, whether it be comedy or music or whatever. I mean, it's just a different level. Yeah, it's a That's different like, level. What you realize too is like maybe uh, you know. I feel like anytime I don't get to perform in front of somebody, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, dude. You know, I, I I found that out like that. There's that there's real tears, and if you don't work your fucking ass off for real, for real, yeah. you will never breach the tears. Right? Yeah. No. And, I, and it's I true. Saw the, so I'm a I'm a halfway okay basketball player, right? A lot of guys would tell a lot of guys are better than me, but I never played for a high school or anything, right? Okay. I I would play rec league at yeah. at UT where I went to college, right? I saw I at the end of every school year, if the if the guys are not in the playoffs, right, the uh, the UT basketball team would come and just fuck around at the rec court, right, and also the football players too, right. So he'd sometimes be like a you know uh, you're a regular kid on campus, you can get to play the, the the UT basketball team or the UT football team, right. These guys are fucking going to the league. They know it. Yeah, we know it. It's fun to try to uh, beat them to a game of ten, right, fifteen or whatever. Yeah. Um. So one day, uh. In this aforementioned period, the the, the fucking uh, basketball players are in there, and I'm I'm watching them like warm up. They're like stretching and bouncing the ball, like 360 dunking and <laughs> shooting from half court, making it like like you know the confidence is there because they know they're not playing other guys at their level. They're playing scrubs. Yeah, absolutely. So they're doing so they're like playing like kids to the <laughs> it's right. Like, yep, it's like the globetrotters. Right, just, right. And look, the, I, the 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 handles that these guys have, right? They're, like. The speed, the ferocity, but the like yeah. grace of it. I was like, "Oh my god, we're gonna get murdered!" Yeah. Right? And then, and then, this is not because a couple guys that I would go to school with at the time end up in the NBA. Right? One of them, Josh Richardson, which is fucking, he goes to Miami. Right? He is at a different level than his peers. Yeah. Right? I, I see it. It's 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 palpable. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. The, the sheer level of skill difference. Yeah. All and these guys are so much better than us that it's unquantifiable. And right. then he's, he's somehow better head than and the, shoulders above exactly. all of those guys. Right. It's, yeah. He's like chilling in slides, dunking. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. I got four guys guarding me. Let me just, you know, little, do oh, a little, little zigzag, little, little, little shimmy. And then just uh, and throw it, it down. Right. No, just creates all this space, shoots yeah. in your face. And he goes, y'all never had a chance, bro. How were you? How did you play against Josh Richardson? I didn't play that game. Okay, I was I off was the like, court. I'm watching this happen. I my okay. team. Look, look. Here's here's the here's the nature of the events, right? So there's a four courts, A through D, right? Yeah. A B court is where the real hoopers hoop. I hoop on that court, right? Okay. A court is for the frat dudes, and they play together. C court is for you warming up, and D court is for the fucking special needs kids, right? <laughs> okay. You down there if you don't want to <laughs> run into anybody. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I uh, one time I got super hurt on campus, and I was like, all right, I gotta go to D court. Like I have, yeah. I got one yeah. arm, I can't. Play with anybody else? I'm crippled. That's, I, I I'm on, I'm That's on probably D-court. where I would need to be. Okay, with the with the special kids and the cripples. <laughs> Same. So, <laughs> so I'm on B court, and the the football play, players come right, and I with the guys that I'm with, we played together all year. Yeah. Right, we're homies. You're killing people. We, we're we okay. Yeah. Right. We we can maybe go for three games, maybe five, yep. maybe one, depending on who we're playing against. Right. We look at was like, all right, guys, we gotta dial it the fuck in. I'm stoned. Right. <laughs> I'm high already. I think it's gonna be a normal day. No. The uh, fucking football uh-oh. team's here, right? Time to go. And so we're like, we Game got on. it. We, we're going to do it. And we we dial in and we barely beat them, right? Because they're trying to show out in front of us. So they're making stupid mistakes. And yada, Absolutely. Yada, yada. You guys right? are doing fun, solid fundamentals. fundamentals. <laughs> Bounce pass, layup. 
uh, you guys are playing Wheaties basketball. <laughs> yes, YMCA church basketball. Exactly. Pass, chest pass. <laughs> you know, it's we're, yeah. we're pick doing and roll. <laughs> all that, bro. Pick oh, no, no, and roll, dude, baby. I got, I, dude. I set a pick for this dude, and I got ran the fuck over. I remember UT this football player. Yes, he just he just put his <laughs> a bot, fullback. No, just he, ran he, you over, dude. He didn't even mean to. Like I, I set a screen, and he just kept on moving. And yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And because he's he's hitting yeah. dense. He's a three hundred dude, three hundred pound dude. Yeah, are get run over, right? Yeah. And he goes, oh my bad, big bro, and picks me up, puts me back on my feet. Let's <laughs> You're go. You're describing my entire basketball career. I played for five years. Yeah. <laughs> and like, look at me. That's what I'm saying. You're describing what my entire my coach would be like. Box out. <laughs> I, and I was am. like, I'm 117 pounds, <laughs> five foot eight, 117 pounds. <laughs> Like there's no we'll boxing. Best, coach. He would make me do box out drills. Yeah, uh, like yeah, the put whole. Your, you put your ass practice. on your opponent, dude. Oh my god, yeah. he just made me stay in the box the whole practice because yeah. he's like, you got to get better, Toland. And it was just me getting my ass beat by yeah. dudes that are like bigger than. And you. I played basketball in Thailand, and people are always like making jokes when I say this, and they're like, "Oh, yeah. you're probably the tallest guy on the team." No, I was still the shortest, the shortest guy on the team. <laughs> Thailand, yes. because basketball uh, yields to the higher the taller it players. It does, and you, you and you look. I, you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, I played with very tall Korean guys, very tall Taiwanese guys. They're sure. they're out there." Yeah, I bet they're. And you know what they're doing? They're playing basketball. They're playing basketball. They're hooping, yeah. yeah, they're hooping. And that was, uh, yeah. That dude, was I so, hate playing against Asian players, bro. Dude, because they're so calculating. I hate it. Well, the thing is, what I realized is you had to be really fast. Oh that yeah, was the that they was. Get- that was actually my only my only skill I had. I just ran speed. around a lot. Yeah, yeah, speed, speed, and endurance. But honestly, the only thing basketball really taught me was what you were saying is that. You talked about that grace. That was what I learned the word finesse from basketball. Oh, because, yeah. like, there were the guys that were, you know, they're playing. They can make really good shots. They can shoot outside the key. They can shoot from half court and make. But the guys that are, like, the next level are the guys with finesse. Yeah. And then it's like I realized that that thing, finesse, is the thing that you need to work on. Whether it be anything you do, like I skateboarded. Yeah, me too. Me and too. finesse skateboarding is like yeah, because finesse. If you, because if you land sketchy, yeah, like, or like exactly. oh, dude, kinda, it wasn't I, fucking sexy, bro. I kind of yes. think that's like the difference between a sport and like An not a, not a sport. Finesse, finesse. What do you mean? Because I don't think that like motocross is a sport. Powerlifting is a sport. I don't think that's a sport. Yeah, there's not as much. I will say finesse and powerlifting. Yeah, it's a it's, a, it's an endurance sport though. Right? It's, it's not like, a sport. It's, it's so it's sport, a competition. Competition. So sport is. We, t- we talked about this. Sport already. takes finesse. Right. We talked about. You got to have finesse. And music is weird because like, you can be the guy. You can't brute force music. Who has though. finesse on stage? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be the guy. You see them. They do the mic. They're they're doing sure. Oh, you know, yeah. fucking. Uh, what's then, his face but you from, can uh, also take it back Sunday. You ever see that dude live? Yes. He it, just throws the mic around. You can be that. Or you, you, and those are the guys that by and large definitely own the stage. Yeah. And when you play with those guys is when you're like, I suck. Yeah. But I, but there are some people that own the other thing. Yeah. Technical. Like Weezer. Okay. Or just the nerd, like the stiff. I'm thinking about like the deathcore guy who's just like hitting a thousand that notes too. a second. Right. That's it. And it's that's, like, it's that's, like, that's, that's impressive, but that's nobody brute, gives a fuck that's too. The brute at the same force, time, that's know? the brute force of music. Right? Yeah. In, yes. in hip hop, that's Eminem rapping fast. Right? It's exactly. Like, I will defeat you. Through sheer power and will, <laughs> but sometimes <laughs> yeah. no it finesse. doesn't even sound like you don't want to hear it. it. Yeah, good. you're like no. I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's it's it's. I'm this rapping. is why I brought up Big Pun earlier. So I've been listening to Big Pun all the time. Okay, and Terror Squad. Right, uh-huh. and like that era of hip hop. Oh, New York hip hop. You had to have finesse. That's my. Fi- it's because they got both. Yeah, they mm-hmm. could they could all do both. Like yeah. the dudes now, 
that are good are still good. I'm not one of those guys who's like stuck in the 90s where I'm right. like, there's no good people now. Right. But the thing about it is, guys, now it's like a lot of dudes have the quality to make pop songs and hit songs. They're so good at it. They're yeah. better than those guys were. Right. Right. Yeah. They're right, so right. good at making hooks. But they don't have the lyrical acrobatics of New York guys in the 90s. New York guys in the 90s, like Nas oh, dude. and mm-hmm. Big Pun no, no, even, and Wu-Tang. Even, it's like, even older Southern guys, like like Juvenile and Lil Wayne. Yes, absolutely. And, 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 yeah. and, 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 and Pimp C. Yes. Like, like a Southern drawl is a hard thing to overcome on a record, I would imagine, right? Because <laughs> I have cousins who are rappers. Mm. And, you know... You, Niggas from Memphis was, 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 you know, would say y'all, music, all this type of crazy lingo, and then you gotta do it over a beat. And if you're good and better than the rest, your your lyrical acumen and, and your and your verbal dexterity is 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 higher than your peers, right? If yes. you're like like if you're Little Wayne, if you're Juvenile, right? Yeah. This man made a song called Ha. It's a sound, but it's a affirmation, right? Like. I, I I don't I don't I, I can't I can't conceptualize making music, right? Because I'm that's not my how my brain works. Yeah. But like, he had a sound. He liked it. He said it over and over again, and then he wrote lyrics around that sound, and then it made it sound cool. His homie Manny Fresh produced the beat to 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 coincide with that to then make a, a fucking hit, right? That's astronomically hard, right? And then <laughs> absolutely, be, and then being and then and then I'll say doing the same thing in, in the north, right? Like, okay, yeah, everybody got the verbal toughness, everybody got this, but like, do you sound fucking good, dude? That's it's, the finesse. Yes, yeah, the finesse. Yes, right. right. It's that's, like that's th- rock him. That's Jay Z. Like, like Jay Z was sounding annoyed by how much better he was than everybody else. He was like, bro, y'all <laughs> yes. are poor. My plat, I'm I'm wearing platinum. Y'all are wearing silver. Like, what are you doing? I'm yeah. way better than you. Stop rapping. Right, exactly. like go back to being a fucking mailman, and I just <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. and that's and that's and that's Michael Jordan in the nineties, right? Yeah. He's playing, oh, he's playing, um, he's playing garbage men and plumbers, and he's just like, what is this guy doing? That was Hendrix in the sixties. Yes, was like everyone realized he's the fucking okay. Like my favorite thing about Hendrix is you know everyone knows the story about like Cream. He got on stage with Cream. No, I, don't, I don't know the story. I okay, don't know, so I'm I don't know historian. Either. So he his manager was Cream this guy is, named Chad Chandler. It's uh, Clapton and um, and Jeff Becker. Are, no, Cream are, was uh, that that was uh, uh, Yardbirds. Yardbirds was cl- okay. Cream was was post Yardbirds, so it was uh, Ginger Baker on drums. Okay, Jack Bruce was the bass player. It's is, three piece. Is, is, okay, is Cream Clapton. a very famous band? Yeah. Yes, they did uh, Sunshine of Your Love. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, White Room is. Yeah, you probably heard that song at the time. They were the biggest band in England by far. Like, I mean, they were the Beatles. Were obviously, yeah. But I'm saying, like, Cream was gigantic in London, especially. Right. And they were like kind of the forefront of the the psychedelic blues thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you know, Chaz Chandler, who was managed. So he, Chaz Chandler, used to be in this band called the Animals, House of the Rising Sun. Yep. Uh, He came over and found Hendrix in New York. Hendrix was poor, living with his girlfriend, had didn't have a job, no money, uh, and was like, "This dude is insanely good." He, yeah. Like he was just playing at Cafe Wa or something, right? And he was like, "I want to bring you back to England, form a band." That's how Hendrix's experience got formed. Chaz Chandler brought him to England and put out an ad in the newspaper. He said he was Chaz Chandler, so people were like, "Oh, the guy from the Animals." Yeah. So they thought it was gonna be like the Animals. They show up and it's Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Really? And that's how he got Mitch Mitchell. Wow. Uh, it, it, like that's how he formed. So he wasn't playing experience. anymore. Chad Chandler was not playing, but he saw the talent. Exactly. Okay. He was just managing. He okay. was like, "I want to be a band manager. I'm looking for a band to manage." 
So uh, he found it's a pretty cool move. Hendrix brought him to England because he knew, like this dude in England at, at the time, all the blues dudes were going to England. BB King was going to England. Albert King, yeah, and making and cleaning up. Like they were making yeah. so much money, they were getting treated way better. Right. So everybody was talking about it, and he was like, "Oh, I, I can. I found a young guy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's I found sellable. a guy. That's exactly. super sellable. Right. And so he brought Hendrix over there, and the first thing he did was. There was a place called the Marquee Club where all the London bands would play. It was very hip and like all, you know, Paul McCartney would hang out there and the guys from The Who. He brought Hendrix there and he goes, hey, uh, he was friends with Clapton. He was like, I got a friend. He wants to jam with you on stage. He's really good. You should have him on. Clapton's like, all right, whatever. At the end of the set, let him come up. <laughs> Hendrix gets up there. He does Killing Floor, which is a song that Cream sometimes covered. Yeah. It just like decimates it to the point where... Apparently, Eric Clapton was like, I'm going to quit music. I hate my <laughs> so life. He, so he melted faces. <laughs> That's the term. Yeah. And what's the funniest thing to me ever is because they thought they were the best blues players in the world. So I want to yeah. get this clear. Three white dudes from, from England. England. <laughs> right. And the funniest thing in the world is like, I, I watched the Ginger Baker, the drummer, Ginger Baker. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. I, I knew that we weren't the best because I had met black guys. That's what he said. <laughs> he was like, I, it's just like they were so English. They thought they were like, we're well, killing I mean, it, hey, man, you know? Oh, well, you know, the sun never sets on the, uh, the <laughs> British Empire. And so. then, you know, as you could see, Eric Clapton's career was like, he quit Cream soon after that and never played that kind of music again. Like, yeah, he started oh, making wow. like country he, music and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he did like, you know, the the like Layla the stuff yeah. the stuff that I probably know Eric Clapton for exactly yeah and before that he was doing blues riffing heavy psychedelic he just got motherfucking negged out by a young Jimi Hendrix <laughs> pretty much yeah in fact <laughs> and the, the story of that is like he later on he met uh like apparently he had like a secret meeting with Pete Townsend did you ever hear of that no in a movie theater where they were like from we got to figure out what we're gonna Pete do. Townsend from the Who okay yeah they were like we got to figure out what we're gonna do. Our yeah, careers are over. What are we going to do? Like they they this literally, so everyone good. in England thought Nobody's going to want to hear our shit. Yeah. yeah so that, that almost like goes back to like looking at like there's levels the to finesse. this shit, right? right there's levels to all this shit, right? Yes. But these, this is a situation where these dudes were the top dogs. Right. They were the absolute top dudes. And then, of course, some other guy just comes some, out of fucking nowhere some unknown and dude. just eats your lunch. <laughs> and it's because Hendrix had been on the Chitlin circuit, right? Yeah, like he had, he had been do. he had been doing three hundred nights a year or whatever. Yeah, he, he toured with uh, Little Richard. Right, yeah, right. he toured yeah. with the Isley Brothers, dude. I didn't know that. That's, so he's he's like the Isley Brothers is one of the longest running running bands ever, bro. They're yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think he played shortly with them. He played uh, he played with a bunch of people, but like I mean, he played with all the good, yeah, the famous people. He was playing on that circuit where it was like. The chillin' circuit in the '60s was the greatest musicians in the world to me. Yeah. Right, you know, and it's and it's just because they were playing every night. They were there was just a, a level to which you had to play. It's kind of like Memphis. I tell people this all the time. Like I don't know from touring what I realized is like Memphis has a very high level of what you're supposed to be here to be a musician. Yeah. And you go other places sometimes, and like the you know you'll go to a bar and see a band, and you're like, oh my god, is that what you're? Uh, yeah. Oh, you know, these guys can't play. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, and, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like a jerk. It's just like no, no, no. no. I didn't realize until I, I left here that here there is a the standard for like first off, everyone here, their uncle played with someone famous. Right. Yes. Yes. And yes. there's a bunch of musicians here. Yeah, that there's are a really high good. bar. There's a high bar. There's a high bar. Exactly. That's what it is. That's you know that's, the standard that's, is high. That's crazy because Memphis has this weird pressure on a lot of arts, right? 
Yes. Like, uh, I mean, shit, even if you're a basketball player, like a high school basketball player, there's a, like a, a like high school basketball here is at yeah. a really high level. Absolutely. Uh, fucking music in, in Memphis is a high level, right? Like you have to be a certain level just to step in the, the name of music, right? The, 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 in, in comedy, I say, we don't have a high level of standard here, but the, the crowd, bar, the bar is fairly low. Right. But the crowds are so rough that anytime I've went to anywhere else and it, maybe I'm good. Right. But in, anywhere else in this country telling jokes, I, I blow shit up, bro. Like, That's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm yeah. super good. And everyone's like, dude, you're, you're like, you're great. You're whatever. I was like, nah, dude, I just have to have this level of energy for people to listen to me. That's it. The crowds here. <laughs> It really doesn't matter what you're doing. Music too, people are very unimpressed. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny because you can. And, but when they are impressed, they're all in. Yeah. Right, right. Let's like, think about Memphis, dude. I just got off work, and uh, you better be good. Yes. You better be funny. You go other places, and sometimes what, people. What are, do you think that is? I I, I, I don't blue know. Col- I think man. it's blue collarism. I think people don't have enough money. It's true. People are good. They, when the people that come tonight to watch you guys do comedy because there's comedy tonight. Yes. yes. They're going to be here, and they're going to be like, "I have to wake up tomorrow, yeah, and go to work." So I hope this is fucking. This worth better it. be worth. I me feel being like out that here. is it. Yeah. yeah, I feel like when you're playing and you're in a band here and you first start out, and you're playing high tone small room on a Wednesday, yeah, and it's like 22 degrees outside, yeah, people are like, "I hope I didn't leave Netflix for this bullshit." Yeah, oh, dude. and then you're you have to impress, and that's just like it's always been that way. I've been playing music here for 20 years now. And when I first moved here, like, uh, I just realized that right away. Like, I started going to shows as soon as I moved here. I started rehearsing with bands as soon as I moved here. It gives you this weird callus that that any bad show anywhere else would be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I thought I bombed, right? In, yeah. Uh, in, not Mississippi. It was uh, Huntsville, Alabama, right? I thought I bombed. Okay. I got off stage. I was like, man, man. There, like, I was, I was, because exp- the room was full. Right, I was expecting like a, a tear down the house reaction, oh, but yeah. maybe because I'm expecting a Memphis type reaction, right? And then everyone says, "Bro, you did amazing! You killed tonight." I was like, "What? Yeah, no, dude. Did like, I? Yeah, no, they they clapped politely and they chuckled yes. a few times, but that was not like, no, nah, dude, this, you, oh my, like." And then the other guys did well too, right? But maybe because I was on stage and I didn't hear the laughter travel or whatever. Uh, people just don't let loose either. Like uh, people let loose more here. There are certain cities because I've toured everywhere in the states now to the point where like I've done all the major markets and I do feel like there are certain cities where people let loose more. Yeah, right? Memphis is definitely a city where if you are liked, you are going to know it. They'll give it up. Yeah, because right. people are like. Yeah. Right. Whereas, like, there are cities where not one person has ever made that noise. Not one person ever has ever woo wooed. They they clap, and like here, when you just get a clap, you're like, "Am I sucking right now?" I am. Yeah. Is that a sympathy clap? They're being polite. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a golf clap. Yes. But some places the golf clap is high praise. What you're getting? Right. High praise. Right. High praise. It's like I would I would have sit have sat here silently. I would have got up and walked out. That's exactly right. Right. The expression on the face would have been the same either way. It's hard. (laughs) But you will get a clap. Opening. We've been the opening band on so many tours, and that's one thing about opening that is. I had to learn is that if you're opening, if people stand there and watch you at all, yeah, you're winning. You're doing good because they're not there to see no, you. No, you're they're just sitting through you. Yeah, yeah. and it, and if you and if they don't like it, they go outside. That's but a, like you're never gonna get the energy because they don't want to waste right. their energy. Exactly. On you. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's even a, if they do like you, they're still I don't probably know about comedy if it's the same, but no, I would assume it would that's be. That's a that's a very good barometer, right? Like I, I, I think that's actually the best 
uh, type of barometer, right? Because if you are, I've been an opener for fucking, I mean, shit, a long time. I didn't start yeah. headlining until recently, yeah. you know? And it, uh, if they do enjoy you, right? Yeah. Even a modicum, you're doing okay. Yeah. Exactly. And, and it took, you know, it took a rapper to teach me that, right? I was nervous. I was sitting there uh, uh, trying to get the sweat off my palms, right? Like I'm talking, like like Eminem nervous. I was like about to throw up, type shit, you know? Spaghetti, yeah. spaghetti, spaghetti. And, and uh, I was opening up for this this rap group, right, in college, and it's like three, four years in for me or something like that. Yeah. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey Brand man, new. yeah, your your nervousness is a good thing, right? It's your body getting ready for battle. Like you gotta re, you gotta reframe your um your energy right now right and it's like you're not scared you're not running away you're, you're gonna do it right i'm like yeah i'm gonna do it it's like well then you're gonna fucking fight you're not you're not you're not running so think about that and like your energy needs to be different and that's when i got yeah, I, and, I fucking love that man dude, that's when i got charlie that right then that's when i got like militant like people yeah. are like oh why do you yell at people and point yeah. at them and whatever it's because like i i just took whatever energy that i felt and i just made it into my angry father <laughs> You Dude. know, and started attack, attacking the crowd back. And I was like, yeah. well, the energy, once my energy overcame theirs, and then they succumbed to my energy, and I was cool again. I was like, y'all cool? I'm cool. We need, to, cool? We need cool? to go to war tonight. Right. We need, we need to do that tonight. I'm cool. Y'all are cool. I'm going to try to do that fucking chanting thing. We got to figure out a good chant. Chanting thing. <laughs> we got to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I, played, uh, I played football in high school, and I, and I knew I was going to play football from when I was a little boy. I mean, yeah. Atlanta, football's yeah. a big deal. So that's part of it. But, South but I read this, I read the book Friday Night Lights mm. when I was in elementary school. I okay. read it. And I was like, I was like, I was like, I want to read this book. I want to learn about football, whatever. That's Texas football. And there right? was, it's Texas. Yeah. yeah. But it's similar. Right. Gwinnett County, Georgia is like top level. Okay. Um, on par with anything in Texas or, or whatever. <laughs> but the, but the, um, but the one, the one, uh, like passage of the book where i was like i gotta fucking play football it wasn't it wasn't like the them getting pussy or like the all the fans loving them or whatever it was the scene in the locker room when the when the author describes really in high detail what it's like to be in a high school football locker room before a big game oh i have no idea. dudes are just sitting around just nervous as fuck right just dudes are throwing up in the toilet because they're so because they're so anxious it's literally like it's like going to like you're going to battle yeah i remember i read that i was like all right, I'm doing this. Right, I'm built for this. I don't know why. It's just something about that. I was like, I was like, I gotta do that. I gotta go to a fucking war with my boys. <laughs> that's dude. That's that's the that's that's every man's uh, built-in like. Uh, it's just part of us, isn't yeah, it? It's just uh, part of man, the that's psyche. That's why football, though, dude, is next level because full C contact, man. CTE, baby. <laughs> you know, like it, <laughs> yeah. it's it's scary. Like you can. It's you, so scary. I've I've watched football games before, where I'm like, even when I was in high school, where I would be like. I am so glad I'm not on the field right now because you see the other dudes and you're like, oh my god, dude, dude, my, oh, my cousin played for my so high I can't imagine, team and uh, he was cool, cool, a uh, cool as a cucumber, but it was because he was the fucking fastest, toughest kid, yeah. out there. Yeah, that's right? the thing, and that's the thing is that it does. You do see it turn nerdy ass dudes into confident killers. Yeah, yes. like that's the thing about football, wrestling, or, or wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I have friends that were wrestlers that went from like. I'm a chubby kid to like. I will I'm a badass. I will, yeah. I will murder you. Yeah. Over the course of the summer wrestling camp, yeah. they leave and they come back and they're jacked. And yeah. it's like you see that happen. And you know, that it's, and that is the only thing. Look, I only played basketball, but I will say the thing I learned from basketball is a level of like confidence in that, like, I can learn a thing. Right. I yeah. can do it. 
uh and it's fucking execution that's all it is execution right? yeah and discipline that's right. the biggest thing right. is that i felt like five years of basketball made me you know when i got in a band in high school i was practicing constantly yeah we right. rehearsed all the time because we all played sports so it was like we oh, knew okay. oh yeah two o'clock we're gonna every, rehearse yeah. yeah every monday this time we're rehearsing every friday this time we're rehearsing so right. you know that's the thing I, I i will say it's a huge benefit to sports as a musician sometimes when you talk about the benefits of sports I think I think people uh, are very not cool with it. Like yeah. I will say, in the world of musicians, well, the fact that we're all like, I, I was never you're an organized athlete, right? Yeah. You're an organized athlete, right? Yeah. I was not an organized athlete. I was I was doing martial arts, but that's same it's shit. the same. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so same. It's the show up discipline, right? Yeah. Get beat up a little for, yeah, for two hours. Is, yeah. Discipline is everything. Because I wasn't it's good everything. at basketball, so the competitive part of it like got lost on me in the way that. I made, I think I scored in my five years of basketball, like every season I would score like a few points. A couple oh, of points, wow. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was my whole, and I kept playing. I kept going. Yeah. Right. Because well, I was just very stubborn. If you're on the team and you're not a loser, then people are going to be like, well, look, he's going to at least do everything he's supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I was, but I was, uh, I never got the, comp- I think if I was more competitive, I would have done better. Yeah. I just never, I was so not good that I never got the competitive edge of sports. Yeah. But everything else soaked in. You know how you, you fix that? You know how you fix that? You need to have someone you win. T- well, <laughs> you need to have someone tell you you're good at a thing, and that's gonna absolutely for- that's gonna force you to like some because it's like you said you're fast, right? So maybe yeah. you just uh, someone told you like, damn, this kid's fast, and you just prioritize your speed instead of like your that's handles what I did, yeah. or that's or your, exactly you know it. Yeah. It, it, it legitimately the the things you tell people and how they recognize it in themselves yeah. is what gives people sometimes their edge, right? Well, the thing about me, so like a perfect example of that is we played a game one time. This is one of my last my last season playing basketball. I was benched the whole game, and we were down by 30 points, and my coach still wouldn't put me in. Damn. (laughs) And I was depressed as shit, and that same day was the day of the talent show at school. And so on the whole way home, I was just bummed, and I was like, I don't even want to do this talent show because I'm just so sad that I did get put in the whole game. Yeah. It was me and one other guy that got benched the entire game. (laughs) I I get to the talent show, get my shit together, I'm in my first band that I had formed at that time. And this was where, where was this? This was in Thailand. This was in Thailand. Yeah. You so had I, your boys. Your, th- your Thailand. My boys. Were, yes. were they, were they, um, white Europeans or, or were they, no, they were Americans? Thai guys. They're all Thai, yeah. Thai dudes. They were, I was in a three piece Thai band called Par Three. Wow. Par it was Three. like a pop punk band. I wrote a bunch of songs. <laughs> That's awesome. About pizza and shit. That's and, amazing. uh, <laughs> we started in eighth, when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. And, uh, but we went to the talent show and, I, we, I won. And this was like that? It was like that? Eighth I, grade? Yeah. No, this was, this was later. This Older. was like when we had been a band for a while. So we were actually getting pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And I did a solo song. I did a song with them. And then I did a rap song, <laughs> uh, with my buddy. And I won three awards. I won, wow. like, we took home all of the audience <laughs> awards and we won the other awards. So I won, I never won anything. Yeah. Because playing same, sports that, competitively, I was terrible. Yeah. And that same day, you fucking smashed them. Yeah, yeah, that was it. So, like, I, I realized, right from, though. From the lowest low. It was like the, a sign from the universe. Like, yeah. hey, asshole. Yeah. Do this. Yeah. You're not good at basketball. <laughs> right. I wanted to be good at basketball so bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I wanted to get tall yeah. so bad. But then what's funny is after I stopped playing basketball, 
I stopped caring about being tall and I realized, oh, I just wanted to be tall because of basketball. basketball. Yeah. I don't really care about being short now. Yeah. Once you're playing music, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hey, look, once you got a once you got a thing and girls like you, bro, yeah. you're good. You're that's fine. that's really it. Yeah. In high school, dude, that was all I needed for the confidence. Right. Yeah. Does and then I, I when I moved here to the States, uh, I immediately joined a band and I was playing shows all the time. And I remember being like, I would play a show and then go to school the next day. And my confidence level was like a thousand because I was like, dude, I just I played at a club them. last night, right, dude. Right, right. So cool. People man. paid four dollars to see me. Yeah. You know, even though there was five people that paid four dollars. Like right. that was a, a big deal. Real wow. commerce happened, yeah. dude. That's, yeah. look, you, do you know how much uh how much confidence I got once I started not necessarily this show, but the show before this one when I started running uh, comedy shows in town? And I was like, hmm. I gotta start charging money, and then people started giving me money just for doing what just I was doing. Just to do your thing. And I was like, mm, yeah, it's a thing, man, for <laughs> yeah. sure. With music, is the same way because I'm sure comedy is the same way. It's like there, there's a time, there's a mental where hurdle. You just don't get paid. Yeah, it's a mental hurdle. And yeah. then you're like, almost feel guilty being like, should I get money for this? Yeah. And then, uh, and then there's a time after that where you're just getting paid terribly as a musician, at least. Yeah. And then there's a point where you realize that, like, like I don't know this is what happened to me is like our band started drawing a lot more people, but I still wasn't asking to get paid because I had some sort of mental hurdle. As right. You say. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized one night, uh, we played a show and there were like 200 plus people there. And the next day I was just, I was on like cloud nine the next day. Yeah. I mean, I was just flying high. I was like, I can't believe there was that many people at the show. And my friend's like, how much did you guys make last night? And I was like 350 bucks. And he was like, there was 200, people there it was like ten dollars a piece what happened to the other like seventeen hundred dollars yeah whatever, whatever and i was that. like oh i don't know yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and, and then all of a sudden my brain flipped into this thing like oh i guess i should figure that out yeah yes. yeah you know yeah. but it's still a thing well, where like you feel guilty about it because you're like you're like well i don't want to just only care about money yeah oh, well, see yeah. that see but that. the thing about it is that you're guess what everyone you ever respect that's a professional that's why they're a professional yes right. yes yeah. and look that's that allows the, them to do that, it that it, it yes. fucks yeah. yeah. i was i wasn't even a comedian then i heard jay-z say in a rap song that show money was better than dope money right and yeah. i was like i don't know i know drug dealers and they're just like no i made a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in two hours yeah right yeah. i had everyone pay yeah. like it was, a, it was a thousand people here they paid a yeah. hundred bucks that's coming to me right yeah, yeah. like that's but as I was like, and then you yeah. look at the, you know, the economics of, of, of performances, right? And yeah. There's, there's, there's only really like 10 ways to make great money in, in, in this world. Right. And it's like what healthcare, tech, uh, insurance, Absolutely. uh, you finance. know, finance, and then oil, <laughs> yep. you know, and then as you get down entertainment. to the, you get down to the bottom ones is entertainment. Like, yeah. Why? Because at any point you can increase the, the value of the thing, the ticket, the entry price at any point in time. Right. There's and no like, cap on it. Right. Look, no. dude, the month. Taylor Swift and Beyonce is the proof. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like the moment you guys hit some sort of like next level, I mean, you're already good. You've already been playing, you said 18 years? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, and then, oh, uh, fucking Joe Rogan invites you on the show, right? right. Yeah. And then you go to the fucking the bump. Ne- yeah. The fucking next level. Yeah. And it was like, oh, well, it would be impossible not to charge 200 bucks a seat. Right. Exactly. Right? You wouldn't be able to. Which is crazy because I see tickets sometimes where I'm like, I'll see a show at the forum or something and I'll go to look at it and I'm like, $165 for nosebleeds. No one's going to that. And then it's everybody full. goes, it's full. It's right. full. That's the thing. And you go to those shows and they're full. Like people, if they really, that's the thing is there's no, 
there are certain artists that I can think of that like I would pretty much pay an unlimited amount to see. Yes. I would if I had the money, I'd pay go pay my whole paycheck to see them. And that's right. the thing is like I can't really say that about anything else. Honestly, there's no meal that I would pay that much for. Right? Yeah. You right. know, there's no there's no like service I would pay that much for. I get you. you. Know? Yeah. No. I know. I feel so, you. So it's like there's an unlimited cap. But to- it's hard to value your own. Artistic, right, right. artistic ability. That's the hardest thing. It takes, is like, it takes like courage to like look yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm worth something. You know? Yeah, for us, it it's really like is. when we got our first agent, yeah. when we got our first agent, I felt like that was a game changer in that way. Yeah. Because the agent would be like, I got you this much money. And I was like, what the people will pay us that much that? money. Yeah, and it was just that? because their mentality is totally different than yours. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're, they're valuing your artistic ability. And your ability for an economic thing, yeah. not as a exactly. not as an artist. And my problem metric, is, you know? I'm like you. I right. put on shows. You put on comedy shows. Yeah. I put on music shows for years here. I've like booked shows, and I've even booked other bands that we didn't play. And my thing is, I'm just thinking strictly about draw. Like, yeah, how many people came to see John Miller? Right. How many people? You know, it's like, but when you're doing on the next level, they always talk about billing, and like as a band being an opener. It's about the bill. In other words, like when people go to check out the unknown artist opening, how good are they? Yeah. Yeah. Are they good enough to make me go, oh, well, I was already going to go see this person, but I really like that band. The opening bands are so good. And now I'm going to pay the full ticket price. Yeah. They think of it in that way. It's a totally different economic way. They're not thinking exactly how many people are you going to draw. Right. Because, you know, when we got on these shows, I'm like, we're not going to draw anyone in Boston. I don't know anybody in Boston. Mm -hmm. We're not a big enough band to draw anyone there. But then you do the show. It's more about the billing. Yeah, and so maybe it totally changed my whole mindset on the on the uh, the industry. You know, hell yeah, man. I feel well, that. Well, I, what do you got coming up? Right now, all we have is uh, a show in town playing Hernando's Hideaway. Hernando's Hideaway. January December thirty. I had one show there. It's horrible. I was running a show at Growlers, and you know the same people own the place. Yeah, right. And so uh, they're like, uh, "Well, you're doing so good at Growlers. Do one at Hernando's Hideaway. It's a better part of town." Okay. And I've never been there before. And I was like, the room is perfect for comedy. It's a great room for it comedy. It's low yeah. ceilings. And then the manager, not a single person walked in. Like, I had guys drive from Nashville, one of my buddies and two of his cohorts. And they're kind of like serious shit in Nashville, right? Semi-known. Yeah, semi-known. And so I, I brought them down here, promised them some money because the guy said, oh, yeah, if you have five people there, we'll pay the fee. All right? <laughs> And, yeah. and, and, and not a single person manager said, Damn. I've never seen this happen. <laughs> Usually we have like six guys that are regulars that show up after work. They get off at six, they That's show up rough, at seven. Dude. Yeah. We gotta yeah. try we gotta try again, man. <laughs> it's, it, the thing about that place is like you, you gotta really get them out. It's it's like getting people to come to a private party more than it is to a show. Yeah. yeah. Because like you gotta get them to get in the car and drive fifteen to seventeen minutes. To yeah. to, to the to the, the the a bad part of town it looks like. Yeah. It looks kinda yeah, rough. There's over no there. one's gonna no, it's by an R V yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It's it's a bad part of town. But once they get in there, everybody always says the same thing, like, this was amazing. Yes. I had the best time. Yes. So this show I'm trying to pump it up. We've had a couple successful ones there, so I'm just trying to pump it up. Hell yeah. If you need any comics, <coughs> Charlie, <Dude>. Charlie, Charlie <laughs> and I are pretty good. I We're available. <laughs> yeah, we smashed the last show we did we together. We did. Yeah. It was very Sweet. fun. And then one before that, we did. We're actually 100% from the field together. We are. Yes. Okay. That's why we work well together. Bro, hell yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But uh, 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 when is it? Saturday, Sunday? 
It's a Saturday, Saturday. the 30th of December. Oh. Saturday. The day so before 30th. New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Okay. Eve. Okay, hell yeah, dude. Cool. Yeah. If you have it in your heart, holler at us. And usually we have some <laughs> tours booked, but at the moment, we don't have any tours booked. We kind of uh, took took a short break. We're working on the next record. Well, go uh, listen to the last record, people. It's called uh, Who's Gonna Love You. Who's Gonna Love record. You. It's fantastic. Yes. I like the sad songs on it, honestly. They, yeah, we do those too. I like the sad ones. We also do sad songs. I think we hit time, didn't we? We're, we're well, well over. Oh, shit. Justin, oh. we could talk to you all fucking yeah, day, bro. Yeah, you, you got a good conversation, bro. <laughs> hell yeah, Dude, hell yeah. Thanks, guys. Great yeah, I appreciate guess. it, man. Yes, uh, I'm going to shake your hand before, yes. I, before the show ends. Yes. There you go. You're a good man. Yes. Thank you so much Thank for you. coming on. And man, guys, go y'all. check them out at Hernando's and go listen to the album. Yes. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight. This has been Golden Nonsense. Via con Dios, everybody. Via con Dios. I'll catch you on the flip side.